Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the new Scares and Dares episode of the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Kuhn Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me as always for Scares and Dares is Senior Staff Writer Joanne Kong. How are you doing? Good. Hi everyone. Alright, today we'll be reviewing our Scare of the Week, the 2021 movie, The Free Fall, and then giving you the division champ bets we dare to make for the AFC South and NFC South this upcoming season. And we got a couple more divisions to go. Last time we covered the AFC West and NFC West, we're going to be covering all those divisions as we get closer to the beginning of the preseason. So let's get this rolling. All right, so we'll be reviewing, as I mentioned, our Scare of the Week, The Free Fall, the 2021 movie, uh, which can be found on Hulu streaming. So feel free to check that out. It's uh, a brisk one hour and 22 minutes, directed by Adam Stilwell, written by Kent Harper, starring Andrea Londo as Sarah, Sean Ashmore as Nick, and Jane Badler as Rose. And if that name sounds familiar, she was actually Diana in the original 1980s series V. So that's kind of interesting, isn't it? I didn't actually recognize that right away when I saw the movie. It wasn't until afterwards that we realized that, wasn't it? Yeah, after you said it, um, if you look her up, you definitely know it's her. Yeah, and but... yeah, it's, it's funny because, I mean, she obviously looks different, but um, but Jane, okay. yeah, I mean, you can, she's identifiable. It's most definitely identifiable, but it was kind of funny because Jane Badler definitely rung a bell and it kind of woke up the cobwebs from 40 years ago when we watched B, the yeah. original V. The 80s was a uh, long time ago. The, the 80s was... <laughs> Most definitely a long time ago. So, Jane Badler, if you want to see her, if you want to see Diana from V again, that's another reason to tune into this movie, The Free Fall. So, uh, so this movie has an interesting premise, but I'm not going to give away uh, all of it because a lot of the fun of the movie is getting ready for that twist at the end. But at a, a basic level, what you have is Sarah, the main character, waking up after having lost her memory uh, and is met by Nick, who explains to her that he's her husband and that she tried to commit suicide in the bathtub after witnessing her mother kill her father and then kill herself. So obviously incredibly traumatic and all that seems to make sense, but to help Sarah recover, Nick informs her that he's hired this caretaker named Rose, again, played by Jane Badler, and she's supposed to help around the house and make sure that that Sarah has times of rest and kind of recover from this traumatic experience. So everything again seems normal at the beginning of the movie. Uh, now, Sarah tries to recover from her amnesia, and she tries to recover from um, being very tired and being kind of uh, having to recover from all the physical ailments, and she starts to notice some strange occurrences around the house, not to mention Rose's strangely aggressive comments that seem to be coming in, and it's interesting because the way it's played off is that she may be saying these things, or it may be just Sarah's perception, and then there's always Nick's almost oppressive concern for her well-being. But the question that the audience is left with is, is Sarah just having delusions from her traumatic experience, or is there something much more sinister going on in the background? So without spoiling anything, let me turn it over to you, Joanne. What are your thoughts here on the free fall? Um, Without giving anything away, uh, the premise I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you said, you don't really know what's 
going on. It's a slow reveal. Mm-hmm. A lot of strange things happen. It's set in a very uh, controlled environment, which is their home. Right. Uh, so that's where everything takes place. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, Rose, who is maybe concerned. She says she is, but you kind of feel like she's kind of like that strict caretaker type. Right. And her husband, Nick, is just oppressive. Yeah. Well, he's kind of overbearing. He's almost omnipresent, right? He's, he's everywhere all the time and always surprising her, which is always and kinda... And telling her that this is your house. Right. You know, you, if you don't like something, you know, you should tell Rose. Right. right? It's, it's up to her. So he kind of gives her a little bit of power right. that way. Right. But in actuality, like, how much power does she really have? Right. And that's a big question. I think that's kind of the premise of the movie here is how much agency does she really have here? And are we seeing what's really happening happening in reality? Or are we seeing something through her traumatic lens? And I think there's a scene, and this doesn't give anything away, but there's a scene where she has a, a dinner party with some friends. Everything seems almost absolutely normal. Her friends actually seem absolutely normal. And I'll say friends, I'll I'll use air quotes there, Um, until it doesn't, right? Because there's one point, and again, there's a lot of strangeness, a lot of bonkers things that happen during this movie. But at one point, Sarah stabs a friend in the hand because he won't stop touching her. And it makes you wonder if it's caused by the trauma that we believe she's gone through. And 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 that's really, that trauma is causing us to see things through her lens, right? But or we also don't know if that actually happened. Right, and that's the other part of it. Or is this something else? Or is it just, you know, the fact that this stuff isn't really happening? And or is it really she's happening? Going through a psychosis. Right. It could be any number number of those things. And I think it's really interesting how those things are set up. Now, like I said, there are a lot of bonkers things that happens in this movie. And then there's a surprise twist at the end. Uh, and on the one hand. I think it's a little bit of a cop-out as it gives it an, an automatic explanation for all the craziness that we just saw. But on the other hand, as you mentioned, I think that the concept of uh, the twist ending is something that horror audiences really haven't fully explored in other movies yet regarding this particular genre. And I don't want to give away what that is, but I do think that uh, in large part, the concept wasn't has never been fully explored in other movies. I agree. I like the concept of it. I don't think it was a cop-out, though. Um, I think it was their way of explaining it, and I liked it. I liked the concept of it. That was probably the one thing about this movie I liked the most. Yeah, yeah. And I will say this. I think that, obviously, the, the three main actors did a great job. I think Andrea Londo did a terrific job playing Sarah, uh, being kind of in this, uh, uncertain territory and overcoming what potentially was a very, very traumatic event. Um, and it's, I think she did a very good job. And obviously Nick uh, or Sean Ashmore playing Nick uh, did a great job of just being kind of, um, like I said, omnipresent. So is he a good guy? Is he actually helping her or is he not? And I think that kind of leaves it. He does a good job of kind of walking that line of, like you said, being assertive, being aggressive, but also supportive. And it's really unclear if he's also cracking under the pressure of having to deal with a wife that tried to commit suicide, or is he doing something else? And, and I think that he does do a good job of that. And Rose, uh, played by Jane Badler, is, as you mentioned, kind of that authoritarian, a very strict authoritarian, and can represent so many things, including um, parents, including caretakers, including just authority figures in general. And I think she, she does a terrific job kind of uh, being imposing uh, and yet 
also being just that caretaker. So I think that's a really interesting, um, they did a great job in terms of acting. I agree. Um, yeah, but not, we rarely say that acting is bad in any Well, that's, that's true. So, I mean, and, and, but there is bad acting. I mean, there, there, are movies, bad acting. there are movies that we have not reviewed in which do we have, you know, really had and to grit not our finished, teeth. Not finished watching. Well, I mean, it was, it was, like, it was just impossible to finish yeah. some of those because it, that acting is so bad. So, you know, certainly this is, I think, on the other side of it, I think they did a great job. I also think it that is. the controlled environment, as you mentioned, makes it a little more claustrophobic. I mean, she's stuck always, in the house. It's so, always more ominous right. when you don't go anywhere. Right, right. And it, and I think that felt that made it seem much more controlled and she'd have to witness things happening out of everything happens inside the house. So it did give a play like feel to it because it was basically one set. But uh, I do think that that really did add to the entire atmosphere. Okay. So with that said, um, give us uh, your uh, rating on this thing. How many stars are you going to give this out of four? Uh, I'm going to give it two stars. Two stars. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was a good movie. Um, like I said, I like the premise. Uh, love that, you know, Diana from me was in it. Yeah, that was Even though cool. we didn't realize, we didn't realize it. it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fun that was great. Fact. Yeah. So it's good to see that she's still acting. So, yeah, there's a good movie, good premise. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good watch. Yeah. And I, Nothing and I, heavy. I, I agree. And, again, an hour and 22 minutes is not too much time to commit to something like this. And I think it's just about the right amount of time. Um, it could have been, like, an episode – of, you know, um, I don't want to say like, like Twilight Zone almost, you know, or, or like a, a supernatural Twilight Zone. It could have fit into something like that or stories from the crypt or uh, creep show or any of those right. things. I mean, in all honesty, they, they didn't even need to be an uh, hour and 22 minutes. They probably not. wanted to say like it could have been like a it could have been from a crypt. I yeah. mean, like they could have told the story in like 45 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Well, I, I would give it two and a half stars. I do think that the concept at the end saves it from being kind of a mediocre, forgettable watch. Uh, and I do think the acting was significantly, uh, was, was good. I thought it was a very positive aspect of this film. Tomato Meter gives it 50% among critics. Um, so a little bit lower reviewed than some of the ones we've talked to about, talked about recently. Audience score, surprisingly, at 46%. So a little bit lower than uh, I would have expected on that. I think well. you either like it or you don't like it. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think that the twist ending will determine whether you like it, enjoyed it or not. Because... Without it, it really does frame what's been going on for the first, uh, say, hour and 10 minutes of the movie. So, um, All right. Well, that's it for The Free Fall. Check it out on Hulu if you'd like to give it a, a look-see. Only an hour and 22 minutes. Like I said, the brisk watch, so worth your time if you're looking for something a little bit different, I think. All right. Let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that, and let's move on to the next topic here, and that is our dares. That's right. Let's move on to the dares and start and, and that we're looking to make with regard to division winners and let's start with the AFC South. So again, the the uh, odds as of today for the AFC South division winner are and this is according to William Hill and that's uh, Caesar's uh, sports book. Um, Indianapolis Colts at minus 115, Tennessee Titans at plus 140, Jacksonville Jaguars at plus 750 and the Houston Texans at plus 4500. 4500 That's amazing. So you've got $100 in the Houston Texans if they miraculously win the AFC South. You get $4,500. But, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a really long shot if you're getting 
Yeah, as Kevin in the office says, if somebody gives you ten thousand to one, you take it. But uh, this is not quite ten thousand to one. Yeah, so, <laughs> don't take thing, it. Yeah, uh, and I think I, the Houston Texans. Can, are I don't think I had any spoiler alerts there by saying don't take the Houston Texans to win the AFC South division, even with those ridiculous odds. But let's say, uh, what do you think, Joanne? Who do you think is gonna? Uh, who would you pick in terms of bet value and uh, team likelihood uh, to win the AFC South and uh, place that dare bet? Um. For the AFC South, I am going to go with the Tennessee Titans mm-hmm. at plus 140. Okay. So uh, I think like a lot of people would think the Indianapolis Colts uh, would win the division. I mean, they have Jonathan Taylor who had a breakout season. I mean, fantasy-wise, if you had him, he just was on fire. Right. And as quarterback, they have Matt Ryan this year. Uh, but, you know, I don't really like the odds. I, I don't like the uh, the negative uh, 115 odds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in all honesty, they had Jonathan, uh, they had, uh, Jonathan Taylor last year, mm-hmm. and they still finished second in the division right. with only nine wins. Mm-hmm. Granted, they didn't have Matt Ryan. Okay. But, um, so I'm going to say I'm going to stick with the Tennessee Titans. I mean, the Titans uh, finished 12 and 5. Mm-hmm. And they were first in the division last year. Right. Uh, and I think they're still trying to climb their way back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, yep. Definitely. And so uh, they're not going to let up. They're not going to take their foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only difference is no A.J. Brown this year, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Uh, they acquired Robert Woods from the Rams. Um, of course, he had a serious, very serious injury last right, year, and right. everyone is saying, you know, at his age, the recovery, you don't know what's going to go on. Sure. But yeah, you don't know what's going to happen there. Robert Woods, still a really fantastic wide receiver. Absolutely. But not just that, they they did a lot of draft pickups in, um, in the wide receiver area as well. Mm-hmm. So they drafted in their first round, Traylon Burke. Yep. Uh, supposed to, like a lot of people think that he is gonna be a top rookie this year that's right and uh one of the things that they credit that is because they say robert woods is a little older with the injuries sure. so he's gonna get a lot of looks mm-hmm. so uh train burks uh you know went into the draft his junior year mm-hmm. his last year at arkansas, uh, arkansas. he had 1,104 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. They're hoping he could do the same for the Titans. Yeah, a lot of hype around him and a lot of people talking about him being perhaps one of the top two wide receivers in the draft. So um, certainly some potential there. Right. But not only that, I mean, they had a fifth round pick for wide receivers. They picked up two people from free agency. And that's not to say, like, with all the other people they have there, they still have Derrick Henry in the backfield. Derrick Henry, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in defense, they ranked 12 in yards allowed. I mean, they were the 12th best defense in not allowing that many yards. And in points, they were the sixth, like, the sixth least points allowed per game. Right. So, I mean, their defense is still there. They kind of, you know, shored that up. They got more people it's, out there in the field. Well, to be fair, they did have a little bit of turnover in their defense, but I do agree that they do have the right pieces still in place. Right, and, and, and they did they did draft um, people to fill that up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're still looking at a very similar team to last year. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't they take first in their division? Why not? Right, With right. those odds, 
Play. Yeah, I, I do like them at those odds of plus 140. I also have chosen the Tennessee Titans as my pick for the AFC South in light of the value uh, at plus 140 and the fact that, um, like you said, you know, one of the major issues here with the Tennessee Titans is that they had some turnover, and the turnover is on offense and on defense, but more significantly, I think, on offense with the loss of A.J. Brown, and you did mention Robert Woods. And, of course, you mentioned Derrick Henry because he is the true cog for the team. The Titans have been a run-first team for years, and that will not change this season. So it almost doesn't matter to me that much uh, who they have out there as long as they have good targets to get the ball to. And I think Robert Woods and, of course, Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks, great uh, options for that, um, for that offense. And interestingly, I think, um, you know, they did take five offensive failures this, this year in the draft. So I think they were looking forward as to how they can to make things work for them. And there was some turnover on the offensive line, but uh, drafting offensive tackle Nicholas Petit-Frier also should fit in very nicely for them, uh, give Tannehill a little more time. Interestingly, I was going to mention that they got um, Malik Willis, the very uh, high-end standout hype train quarterback uh, from Liberty. All the way in the third round, third right? Round. I mean, yeah, he, I he was that, supposed yeah. to be a first-round draft pick, went in the third round. He's now there. Tannehill has been okay about it. He said, I'm not here to – my job is not to mentor him. If he learned something from me, then great. Um, Which I think is a bad attitude. Not, not I the think, best. I think as a, store, a starting quarterback, your job is to mentor them. Sure, right. You're not going to be there forever. And, uh, you know, even though Tannehill has two years on his contract, and I have no doubt he will start next year and – uh, if he does well enough, he'll start the following year as well. I mean, Malik Willis is the future for that Tennessee Titans, at least at this time. So right. it, it, in, in some part, it is his job to mentor Malik Willis along the way, but also keep up his, his, his opportunities in the offense and make sure his offense keep humming under right. him. So. I mean, and really, that is the job of every starting quarterback in the NFL. It should be to mentor those new quarterbacks coming in. And yep. the attitude of you know, they're here to replace me is a terrible attitude. Right. Although he didn't quite say that. Not something that he's no. not he's not pulling Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Right. He's okay. Not he's not pulling an Aaron yeah. Rodgers. He's kinda of playing in between there. But that so that being said, the way I see it with the AFC South, the Jaguars and the Texans, they're a complete mess. They're a complete hot mess and they will continue to be cellar dwellers this season. So really it's only the Colts and the Titans that have a potential to win the AFC South. Um, and quite frankly the Colts have Matt Ryan now under center. Uh, as they continue to trade for over-the-hill quarterbacks to lead their team. Seriously, <laughs> what did they see from Matt Ryan in Atlanta over the last two years that gives them any confidence that he'll make the Colts any better this season? I am not sure I saw anything. Um, but, you know, that being said, he's better than chopped liver. Um, so, sure, you know, they have Jonathan Taylor. They got Matt Ryan. At best, I think it's a 50-50 toss-up between the Colts and the Titans to take the AFC South this year. And the odds just don't reflect that. Take the Titans at plus 140. I agree with you. So let's move on to the other side and talk about the NFC. Hit the boxing bell on that. And NFC South. So right now, according to William Hill and Caesars Sportsbook, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead the way at minus 320. Terrible. Yeah, not great odds. And, uh, well, great odds, bad payout, I should say. <laughs> yes. New Orleans Saints at plus 380. The Carolina Panthers at plus 1,000. And Atlanta Falcons at plus 3,000. So uh, what are your thoughts here, Joanne, on the NFC South? For the NFC South, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers okay. at plus 1,000. Plus 1,000, yeah. yeah. I know, I know. 
Uh, the Carolina Panthers uh, finished last last season in the division with only five wins. Yeah, that's not not great. Why? Well, because Christian McCaffrey got injured again, mm-hmm. and they had Sam Darnold as their quarterback. Yes, true. So we don't need to say any more. Like, that is the explanation that they only had five wins. Right, and they didn't always have Sam Darnold either because he was injured as well. So, you know, so, I mean, a <laughs> lot, best, a lot they have of Sam problems. <laughs> right. A lot of problems right. there. And, you know, if you wanted to play it safe, you know, maybe you would go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. But I am not going to play it safe, and I'm going to go with Carolina because I love that payout. Okay. And I love that payout for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, you know, the Panthers have a new quarterback. That's they true. have Baker Mayfield. That's right. They do. They I, do. You know, I don't know if that's what they need to climb to the top of the division. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll the dice because you know, for a hundred dollars, I can win a thousand. Yeah, so. and it certainly feels like Baker Mayfield is an upgrade to Sam Darnold. You know, I, I definitely. Oh, he definitely feel that. is. I, I definitely think he is. I mean, uh, just a little background. Mayfield was the first overall pick in 2018. Right. And unfortunately, he's had a roller coaster of a season with the Browns. Yeah, in 2021. Yeah, I mean, injury. uh, I mean, but he is, for, you know, all intents and purposes, Mm -hmm. a very aggressive player. He wants to go out there and win. Right. He wants to go out there and show what he could do. And I think this whole thing with the Browns might just light that fire that he wants to bring Carolina to the Super Bowl and just rub it in the Browns' face. Sure, absolutely. So for that, I mean, there are some things that Baker Mayfield will need to do. Uh, and one big thing is that he needs to have more of a run game. Yeah. He needs to be able to scramble. He needs to be able to get that first down with his feet. Right. He hasn't really done that a lot with the Browns. I mean, in 60 games, he's only had 571 rushing yards. Not a lot. Not that much. Not much. And the reason for that is because the Browns have a really good offensive line. They gave him a lot of time in that pocket. Right. Uh, Carolina's offensive line, no. not as good. No. So he's going to really need to use his legs here if he wants to get that division win sure. and make it to the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, so uh, we have a lot of things going on. Uh, Christian McCaffrey hopefully right. stays healthy. He has to stay healthy. That's that's the only way this works, right? I mean, he's only played ten games in the last two seasons. Um, clearly, he needs to play almost at least close to every game this season in order for this to be uh, viable. And uh, Baker Mayfield also has a lot of good targets out there that mm-hmm. he could throw to. Right. Um, so that's another plus. Uh, defensively, the Panthers, I mean, you might not know it because they've only had five wins, but they've allowed the second least amount of yards last season behind the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, if they needed to improve something, it might be in the red zone because they also allow the 12th most scoring points. Right. So, yeah. I mean, they were able to stop them, but when they got down there, they scored. That's not great. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, outside of that, uh, the Panthers, the last time they finished first in the division was 2015, and mm-hmm. that was when they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Denver Broncos. Cam Newtown. <laughs> but I think that if someone can do it, uh, Baker Mayfield may be that person. Sure. 
and worth the worth the risk at plus one thousand. It yeah. is. I mean, and if and even like you know ten dollars will still make you a winner. Yeah, that's true. It absolutely will. But that being said, I am going to go the other direction on this. I know the payout is horrible at minus three twenty, but oh. I don't have faith in any other team taking the NFC South next year, even with the change of head coaching with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, like I said, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First of all, we all know that I dislike Tom Brady and was the least surprised person when he unretired. But that being said, he generally gets results. And basically the entire veteran offense returns around him, but for a few minor changes, such as former Patriot teammate Shaq Mason replacing Ali Marpet after his surprise retirement on the offensive line. But that's fine. That's fine. You know, Shaq Mason, perfectly good replacement and already has that connection there as a former Patriot. There are some questions about Ron Gronkowski. I don't think it matters if he comes to come back or he doesn't come back. I mean, they think Cameron Bright will be just fine, as well as newly drafted fourth-round pick Kate Otten. Uh, I think they will do just fine at tight end. And there's just some questions there, of course, lingering about Chris Godwin coming back from the torn ACL. But I don't think they'll take long for him to get back on the field. And the acquisition of Russell Gage should help shoulder some of the load until then. Plus, I like the addition of third-round pick Rashad White to the backfield of Leonard Fournette. I think that adds a lot of dy- dynamic um, some some dynam, dyna, dynamism dynamics uh, to the background. I don't even I'm saying the words wrong here, guys, because English is I, because I suck at it. But hey, Leonard Fournette is not dynamic, and he gets injured a lot. Rashad White, I think, is going to get a chance to be the leading running back in that backfield. I love what he can do. Uh, also, defensively, Tampa Bay they let go of Dominican Sue. But they managed to replace him with Ephraim Hicks, which I'm very upset about since he was the key to a lot of the success that the Bears had on defense over the last couple of years. The rest of the defensive depth chart remains essentially the same, and we saw the defense be as good, if not better, than the offense last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You so, know, it's, it's actually really funny you say that because you, you said the yes days and Tom Brady. Um, you know what? Year after year, he gets a little bit worse and worse. He is reliable, but a little bit worse and worse each time. And mm-hmm. it's and like you said, I wasn't surprised that he didn't retire. Right. But I think that's going to be his bane. It's going to be the chain around his neck. Sure. He's not it's going to be the albatross, for this sure. Is, this is my prediction. He is not going to make it to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, but that's okay because all he has to do is win the division. No, he's not going to win the division. He's not going to win the division. He's going to win the division. I mean, honestly, 75% of Tom Brady with everybody else at 100% on that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense defense is enough to win NFC South. I mean, if unless Baker Mayfield has a revelation and just like becomes the quarterback that the Browns thought he was going to be when they drafted him, I just think, and and, and there's no guarantee that's going to happen. And of course, there is that really intriguing week one game between who else, the Panthers and the the Browns. So that'll be interesting. But that being said, Tom Brady at 75%. If everybody else on that offense and defense is 100%, they're going to win the NFC South. So I, I know that the odds suck. Minus 320 is that really crappy payout. Crappy really payout. crappy payout. But that's what I said. Put a big bet on it and take home those guaranteed winnings at the end of the season. That's you what have I said. to put a big bet on it. Well, to I, get, that's to get what, it, I just thought make it worth it. Well, that's why you got to do it. You just got to do it. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Let's get the air horn on the show. Uh, Joanne, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? It is at Kung Fu for you on Twitter. All right. So give her a follow and you can find me on uh, at FD Garbage Time on Twitter. And you can also find me on the uh, on Facebook at the Football Garbage Time homepage. And as usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, 
Enjoy your NFL weekend. Get those bets out there and win some money. Bye, everyone. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.